look at the culture around us, it's all about being independent. You know, what's celebrated is self-centered ambition. You know, it's all about me, who I am, what your passion is. You know, it's just all about you. Um, and it's also celebrated, you know, when you can do something alone, you feel like, yeah, I can celebrate, I did this all alone. No one helped me. And then all of us go, good job, man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you did that all by yourself. And, but the thing is that this is not a biblical principle at all. And for us to be a successful prayer force, and I mentioned prayer force um, intentionally because I believe that's what God wants to do with us. Oh, welcome back from your honeymoon. <laughs> so happy to see y'all. They are now married. <laughs> good job, Grace and Tyler. <laughs> Hope you had a good time. Uh, you know, it's good when you interrupt yourself with things. Now I have to, you know, go back to what I said. Prayer force, all right. Um, so, huh. so we... Yes, using the word prayer force, I believe that God wants to make us a prayer force. And a force speaks of something that is strong, that uh, can take some hits. You know, when they build all these walls to take the hits of the ocean waves. Um, so that's what I believe that God wants to unlock and just unleash here in our church is like a prayer force. And, you know, there is no place in the church for values that are all just about me and all about me. You, you know, because nothing eternal can be accomplished without personal sacrifice. That's a big thing, actually. Well, I'll just leave it right there. Uh, <laughs> so in the early church, under the leadership of the Apostle Peter, I, I just think it was amazing. But they experienced the greatest level of uh, God's um, a manifestation of God's power. I'm just thinking of when Peter walked, you know, in the story when his shadow fell on people that were sick and they got healed. I'm like, oh my soul, I can't wait for that to happen. Like imagine people just come into our service and because of God's presence is here, they just get healed. Yeah. We don't even have to pray. We just get testimonies of um, cancer dying. I'm so excited about that, man. <laughs> um, so I want to read two portions of scripture for you, scriptures for you today. Um, it's from Acts 2, if you want to go there. I'm going to read uh, from Acts 2 and Acts 4. It will be on the screen if you want to, but you can go in your Bible. Acts 2, verse 41 to 47. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and mir uh, miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And then just flip the page to Acts 4, verse 32 to 33. It says, all the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had with great power, and the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. So um, don't worry, I'm not going to teach about selling all your stuff and moving to church, and we all live here. 
Um, we don't have enough bathrooms for that, so I'm, no. Um, that won't be good. <laughs> but there were some things to learn out of those two portions of scripture, you know. Um, there's some principles that we can learn from, from it. And the first thing that stood out to me was that the believers were in one heart and mind. One heart and mind. And they lived in agreement. I mean, that's like a lot right there. All right. Um, you can't almost not come from your house to the church and be in one heart and mind and agreement with everybody in your car. You know, so they lived like that. I mean, if, you have, if it's just you and you're struggling, you have to come, <laughs> come see me. But if there's someone else in your car, I mean, you know, sometimes I pick up my kids at school. I'm like, what happened to you guys? Like, yo, you, you know, I think just don't speak. Just be quiet for a little while. Um, anyway, and then they devoted themselves to teaching and prayer and praising God. And then God added to their number daily those who were being saved. I mean, that's insane thinking about that. Um, so the power of agreement in prayer is a biblical principle. And um, Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 19 to 20, Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask, for it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where the two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Do you notice that word, anything? I mean, there's a lot in that scripture, but that's the thing that stood out to me, anything. And then he also said, where two of you agree. You know, we need to come together in agreement. And then we will see something magical, I want to say, not really, miraculous happen. Now, the problem with two agreeing is that we have to see the same vision, we have to have the same vision, and our request needs to be identical, right? So we have to see the, see the same thing and have a desire or request for the same thing. And um, most of the time, it, one of us will need to serve the other one, right? Because I don't see what you see, you know, whatever. So one of us will have to serve the other one. And um, Paul said something to the church in the Philippians, he said, uh, that's Philippians 2, verse 2 to 3. I have a lot of scriptures today, so uh, good luck. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> but he says, make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Do not be selfish. Do not try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. That whole scripture just goes, the whole thing is just against what culture tells us. Philippians 2, verse 2 to 3. Yeah, you're right. I didn't put it up there. I'm sorry. Philippians 2, verse 2 to 3. Anytime. So that scripture is just so contrary to what we see in the world around us. Um, this is like, think of other people as people as better than yourself. Humble yourself. <laughs> you know, it just goes on and on about those things. So for today, we're going to focus on our agreement with God. And then next week, we'll speak a little bit or a lot. Yeah, you're speaking, so it's going to be a lot about agreement. That was a joke. <laughs> about agreement <laughs> with the people around us. So today, agreement with God. Now, the foundation for all our agreement in prayer must be based on God's word. This is like an inseparable partnership, prayer and God's word. 
I know I told you about my Bible at the time, and just, you know, if you're still wondering what has happened, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's one of those things that you just look at now and think like, okay, 20 years ago, this was a good idea. And now you're like, oh, it's not a good idea. Like to color your Bible, different colors. So, well, to see the, our part in the Great Commission accomplished through our church, it will take faith, right? So the Great Commission is going out, telling people about Jesus, getting them saved, walking with them, baptizing them. So just someone's taking someone from not knowing Jesus to where they follow Jesus and where they are baptized. And, you know, so that's our part in the Great Commission. It will take faith. And faith can only come through meditating on God's Word. And then after meditating on God's Word, revelation comes as a result. Right? So as I meditate on God's Word, then revelation comes. And then when God's perspective is revealed to us, our faith will be activated. So when I read, I meditate, something is revealed to me, my faith is stirred, and then my faith is activated. And when my faith is activated, then I can start to pray God's will. And then we will see some things starting to change. And that excites me a whole lot. And then we will come that prayer force that I was speaking about. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So it's already seeing some things before they are here in the physical. Now, the first real important thing is to settle the issue that the Bible is the inspired, complete, perfect, finished, and alive Word of God. You don't have to go through all of them so fast. We'll speak about each of them. Um, so the first one is that this is the inspired Word of God. And what I mean by that is not just a collection of writings that man put together. It wasn't just they came together, had some good ideas, wrote it down. No, this was authored by God and penned down by the Holy Spirit using people. So inspired by God and the Holy Spirit. And then secondly, it's complete. It means there's nothing missing. This is all of it. That's very important because if you know, many times people will come and they'll say, an angel appeared to me and he gave me these extra things and they need to be added to the Bible. No, this is complete. Yeah. Nothing missing. And then we also believe that this is perfect. It means it's 100% right. So when I read it, it's right. It's not, mm, maybe not really, that's not what was meant, you know. This is 100% right. And then it's also finished. It's done. We don't have to add anything, um, like I said earlier. And then lastly is we believe that it is alive. I mean, that sounds weird, but you know, it is alive. And it's not just words. Listen to this. John 1 verse 1 tells us that the word is Jesus. And that there is no more power in Jesus than what is in the Bible. Because this is Jesus. And when I read... Um, just was thinking about that last night. I just had this realization, every time that I read scripture, I am in communion with Jesus. And I have to remember that this is not like outside of God. This is, this is him. This is him speaking to me. So if you feel like God has never spoken to you, you can open this book and you can know that this is Jesus speaking to you because this and Jesus is the same. That's amazing to me. When you feel alone, 
just open it up, then you're no lo alone anymore. When you are struggling, just open it up. God, I need your words. Open this up. Man, that's amazing. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Who has experienced that before in their lives? Like where the Bible just someone, you read a scripture and it feels like, you know, it went to that deep place. Man, no, one's, no one can see it, but I know that it just cut in there, you know, cut out some lies or whatever. So at our church, we believe that in the closed canon of scripture, meaning that there will never be any books, verses, ideas that can be added to the Bible, you know. And or they could be placed next to it and say, this is of equal authority. This is it. And we also believe that all preaching and teaching, any prophetic word, any other communication declared by in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to be measured by God's word. This is the ultimate authority. Not what someone said, not what that person said. And that also gives you a lot of responsibility. So whatever is said from this stage, you have to take the Bible and you have to go read for yourself. You have to read and see, does the Bible say this? It is so important. And then we believe that accepting the authority of the Bible will keep our church safe, alive, innocent, and highly favored. You know, and the secret to the word of God coming alive in us is accepting that the Bible is accepting that when the Bible speaks, it is God speaking to us. And then revelation coming from that. Now, oh, let me read you one scripture, and then I'm going to go into some other things. It's First uh, Thessalonians 2 verse 13. Paul rejoiced in that church. He said, um, you received the word of God, which you heard from us. You accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God. So, in receiving the word of God in purity and simplicity, we must be careful not to allow um, our views to be shaped by unreliable sources. Right? So, now, there's, I'm going to touch on four unreliable sources quickly that we can so easily allow into our lives. And um, we many times put those sources um, next to the word of God and say, oh, yeah, you are of equal authority in my life. Right. And the first one is culture. Culture around us. It's a, the media will tell us that we are absolutely insane for believing what this book says. You know, that you actually believe everything that's in here. Um, it actually happened. Um, but the scary thing is, it is not only the media that's far away from us. It's also our friends and our families. I don't know if you've had a conversation with a family member before that says, maybe you're taking this just a little bit too serious. Like, I don't know about all these Jesus things, you know, and how you do all these things, but, you know, fill in the blanks. And then secondly is tradition. Even in the church world, you will get messages that say, you know what, this doesn't completely apply to us anymore, or it doesn't work like it says anymore. Um, 
and then also just man-made traditions that we have added to this book. We, like, you know, you read it and we say, nope, that's not enough. We need to add some things. We need to add some things to keep our salvation. We need to add some things, you know. So tradition. And then reason. We will lie to ourselves. <laughs> have you ever lied to yourself? Oh, man. I won't go into that one. <laughs> um, Proverbs 14 verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Many times we read this and we lie to ourselves saying, you know what, yeah, Daniel was in the lion's den, but surely it wasn't real lions. Maybe it's a metaphor. You know, because really when I think about this, how can that even work? Uh, you know, so you, you reason, reason with scripture. And then fourthly, is what Gabe said this morning, it's personal feelings. We can never rely on our feelings. You know, our feelings can only tell us where we are in a moment, what I'm feeling, where I am, but it's not a good leader. We can't trust our feelings. Um, and that's why we need a different objective standard. It's the Word of God. And this is a democracy. We do not get a vote. <laughs> and we are not in a democracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we are not, right? You, we are not like, okay, God, I don't agree with this. This is the way I want it. Please change that law. Is there enough seconds here? Okay. You know, that's not how it works. I'm so thankful it doesn't work that way because, you know, we don't have, always have the greatest ideas. Um, you know, and we must become comfortable with the fact that there is many things that we won't understand. And if we get to that place where I feel like, man, I've got it down, I understand everything, then we should be alarmed because then it means that all of God fits into my brain. And um, I don't think that is even possible. <laughs> Isaiah 55 verse 89 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We cannot contain God in our minds. It's impossible. And that is why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, because the baptism in the Holy Spirit gives us the capacity that we need to experience the glory of God and to pray with power and authority um, and with God's perspective. So, Deuteronomy 6 verse 7 these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. God wants His Word to be in every part of our lives. We can't come to church and intercede with great faith, you know, for miracles, but then only allow God's Word to be a part of that moment. His Word needs to be a part of our everyday lives um, at our jobs, wherever you find yourself. That's where God's word needs to be a part of everything. You know, and there's scripture for every area of our lives. And um, that's really what we're speaking about, is to come in agreement with scripture. But I first have to believe that this is it. This is all it is made out to be. Because then I can come in alignment with what it says. So... Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, So is word that goes from 
my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. All right, so I want to make it real practical now. And um, we might maybe, um, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but we're going to take some scripture and I'm going to teach you how do you come in line? How do you start agreeing with scripture? And um, it really, you really do need to read this so that you can have some things to get in agreement with. Right, but I know when we start, we don't know all the things. So I have learned that Google knows all the things. So, you know, you could just Google whatever it is that you need, and she will help you. Is it a woman? Ah, it's definitely a woman. It's, there's no way that Google is a man. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Never mind. I have never called JJ and asked him where something is. Ever. <laughs> you can talk to Alexa. See, all these things is a woman. <laughs> it's good. It's probably a guy that invented them, but he knew. Better make this a woman. <laughs> I, won't, I won't tell stories, but Gabe and Cam, they also know about that. Uh, let me tell you a story about Gabe and Cam, that are also men, right? So about three weeks or something ago, we were looking for the buzzers, the youth buzzers. We have buzzers. Gabe texts me saying, do I know where the buzzers is? Because I unpacked the storage room whenever we moved in here. And I'm like, oh, I thought they were in the youth cabinet. And he's asking if Kids Church maybe used them. You know, trying to go through all the files. Did we use them? And I'm thinking, oh, I don't think we did. They should be in there. And I said, well, if they're not in there, then I don't know. So I got here before youth. And I'm like thinking, let me just go look in that filing cabinet. So I opened the drawer. There they are. I'm like, okay. Anyways, brought them to cab and gave. I'm like, here's the buzzers. And they were like, where'd you find them? I'm like, in the filing cabinet, in the youth filing cabinet, the one youth filing cabinet. Um, and they were just like, okay. <laughs> so, welcome to the rest of your lives. They will never end, probably, you know. <laughs> uh, all right. So, you need to know what goes on in this word to actually align and agree your life with it. You know, so that you can come in agreement with this, uh, this word. So we're going to use the Our Father. Last week, JJ spoke about the Our Father. If you weren't here, please go listen to those two messages. It is so foundational to your walk with Christ. Um, so we're going to, let me read to you the Our Father, if you don't know it. It's from Matthew 6, verse 9 to 14. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All right. So we can use that scripture, portion of scripture to pray. And um, you can take your word and you can learn or just investigate what does the Bible say? Who does the Bible say God is? 
Because many times we just pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And you're like not even sure what hallowed means, but you just go with it because Jesus said it, and now I'm hallowing the name of, you know, of, of, of our Father. And you're just like, okay. Um, maybe, okay, never mind. Let's leave the joke. Um, <laughs> uh, so I want to teach you and show you some things about who God is. This is not all of it. There is much more to God than what we're going to speak about today. But I'm hoping that this will show you how you can breathe some life into your prayer life. All right. So scripture verse Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God, who is Elohim, the Hebrew word there for God is Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. And that means that word Elohim means that God is the supreme God, the strong one, and the creator God. So when you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then you, you can pray something like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, you are Elohim. You are the supreme God. You are the creator God. Thank you for creating me. Thank you for creating the world around me. Thank you that I can trust you because you're alive. So you take that, that truth about who God is and you use it in hallowed be your name. God, I'm praising you because you are Elohim. Another one is El Roy. Um, it's from Genesis 16 verse 13. See, our English Bible just translates or everything to God and Lord. Uh, but there's so much more. Um, if you read some of the, buy yourself a Hebrew Bible. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> the Google knows this too, so you can, um, she'll help you. Uh, all right. So El Roy means, it speaks of the God who sees me. So there's a scripture verse that I'm not going to read right now. But you can pray, um, hallowed be your name. Lord, you are El Roy, the God who sees me. Thank you that you see me, that you see what I'm going through. Thank you that I know that you're always with me. Um, I praise your name. Hallowed be your name. I praise your name. I lift you on high. Can you see how this can make a difference to just saying, hallowed be your name? How this can bring some power and life um, into your prayer life. Give us, let's go over to give us this day our daily bread. Genesis 22 verse 14 says, And Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day. So the word there for Lord is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. So instead of just praying, give us this day our daily bread, you can, you can go to say, Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Just as you provided for Abraham, Father, thank you that you will provide in my situation. Thank you that I can trust you. Thank you that I can see that you are Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And in those moments when you pray those things, you are actually telling yourself and your fears to be quiet. And those reasoning to say, come in agreement with what I'm reading in Scripture. Because this is true. What I'm feeling isn't true. What I'm, even what I'm seeing, if it's not aligning with God's Word, then it's not ultimate truth. Even though it's there. This is what is true. God is my provider. God is the God who sees. When you feel alone, it's just feeling. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God who sees me. I am not alone. Lead us not in temptation. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. 
So when you feel tempted, <laughs> when you, or when you pray this, for God not to lead you in temptation, you can pray like saying, thank you, Lord, that you are my shepherd. I am your sheep. I follow you. And God, thank you that you will show me where to go, that I will only follow wherever you lead me. God, I will not follow myself. Thank you that you are my shepherd, and I can hear your voice. The Bible says I can hear my, the sheep can hear the shepherd's voice. I can hear your voice. And Lord, in those moments when I can't hear, open my ears to hear. A little different than just leading us into temptation, not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Now this one, Jehovah Mapalti, I was looking all the ways to see how you pronounce that. And that's the best. I'm not, still not convinced that that's the way it's supposed to be said, but it's um, the Lord, my deliverer. Psalms 32 verse 7. Lord, you are Jehovah Mapalti. Lord, my deliverer. I trust you, my God. You will deliver me. You will set me free. My trust is in you and not in people. Thank you, Lord, that you go before me. Man, when we pray like this and when our focus is on God like this, who he is, then we can pray with passion and we will grow in our intimacy with God. And then our prayers and our faith gets energized, you know? Um, so I have some more scriptures here and I thought, let's do it together. No, there's many, many more things, right? Um, but I want to get you guys involved with me this morning. So I have some scriptures. <coughs> I'm going to tell you what it's about, and you can think about it so long, about healing, about strength, if you have some needs, or joy, if you're in a difficult situation, or afraid, if you need direction, and also I have scriptures for children, family, and friends that are far away from God. So I think the best is if Ryan should, can join me here now, would be great. Thank you. Um, I think we should just all come in line with these scriptures in agreement. So if there's anybody that um, is trusting God for some form of healing, um, if you would mind to stand. I know it feels like there's no much going on, but um, if you all can stand. And then I, the scripture is going to come up on the screen. Wait, so only if you're trusting God for healing, you're standing. Um, so if you're not trusting God for healings, just for a moment, and then we, so we can see who is standing. And, uh, and then I want all of us to come in agreement with the scripture um, that's on the screen. Let's go to the next slide. It's in 1 Peter 2, verse 24. Right. So if you're around those people, just hear quickly what it is they're trusting God for. And then I want you to pray this scripture over them. Right? It says, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. So it will go something like this. Say someone is trusting um, for uh, someone who's diagnosed with cancer in the week. We're going to pray for Mark as well. Then you come in agreement with this, saying, by his wounds you have been healed. So I don't have to come. It says that I am healed because of what Jesus did. So I don't have to ask God for the healing. I come in agreement with what the scriptures say. And I say and I command the sickness to leave 
or whatever it is to die in the name of Jesus because we have been healed by his wounds. So if someone is around you, why don't you just go closer to them so you can ask them what you are specifically praying for um, so that you know what you're speaking to. So don't just pray generally like, you know, in the clouds. And um, so if you're around someone, why don't you just go to them and if you see there's still some people standing without anybody close to them, why don't you just go there? First ask them what it is we are praying for. And then just come in agreement over that sickness. Um, come in agreement with God's word. There's still a, a bunch of people over here that's standing. If someone can come join them. I would love to at least one person to be with everyone that's standing. I still need some other people over here. Lord, we just come together and we stand in agreement with your word today. Thank you that by your wounds we have been healed. And we just speak over all these sicknesses. We say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And then as we're praying for healing, um, Mark and Betty Joe that comes to church here, he was diagnosed with um, throat cancer. Throat cancer in, what? And in the lymph. It's in his throat, in his tongue. So cancer in his tongue and in his uh, throat. So what? let's just um, stand together in agreement with this portion of Scripture for him. Um, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you also have a prayer language, just take a moment. Let's just pray in the Spirit together. Um, and then I will lead us as we pray for Mark. Lord, you say in Psalms 103 that you are the one who heals all our diseases. God, is, thank you that you, when you died on the cross, you paid the price for us to be healed. And Lord, we come together now and speak over Mark that you would live and you will not die. 
Thank you, Lord, that you come and we speak to that cancer. We say, die cancer in the name of Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus over his throat and his tongue. Jesus, 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 because in your name there is healing, there is life, there is hope. Thank you, Jesus, that you come and do a miracle in his body. Cancer die now, all the pain leave. We speak complete healing over him in the name of Jesus. I want to go to the next one. You can just stay standing for this one. It is if you need some extra strength. Because I feel like it's probably going to apply to all of us. <laughs> I mean, feel free to sit, and, but you'll be judged, man, because we want to like, be like you. <laughs> I'm just messing with you because we would all envy you. Because <laughs> I, can, I, can I can do with some extra strength. Um, Isaiah 40 verse 29 says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. So I'm not going to lead us. You're going to pray and you're going to agree with the scripture for yourself. All right, so I'm going to be quiet, and then you just go and agree with that scripture. say that you give strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak and Lord we just stand here if you want to raise your hands you can do that and God I just we just pray that you would give us strength when we are tired thank you that you promise us strength and God I pray now as we agree with this scripture that we will feel how we get strength for every moment and that you increase the power of the weak Thank you, Lord, that we will feel how our physical strength returns to our bodies in the name of Jesus. The next one is if you have a specific need. So if there's something, I guess also that's all of us. If there's something that you are trusting God for, whatever it is, um, it's very known scripture, Psalm 23, that you could use for this. I decided to use this one because we all know it. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, so we can take that scripture. I know it's a little bit small, but I wanted it to fit on there altogether. Whatever your need, just say, thank you, Lord, that you are my shepherd. <laughs> I lack nothing. Lord, I lack nothing because you are my shepherd. Thank you, God, that you make me lie down in green pastures when I feel worried, when I don't know how this is going to work out. I can rest with you. Y'all go ahead and you just use that scripture and come in agreement with it.
All right, this next one is joy. If you struggle with joy, then I want you to raise your hand because we'd love to pray with you and help you come in agreement with that scripture. So if this is something that you know that this is where I need to come in agreement with God's word, just raise your hand. And if there's someone around you that has their hand raised, just um, turn to that person um, as we all pray together for those who has their hands raised. Right, you can also just um, come in agreement with the scripture for yourself. It says, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Yes, Lord, and we just come this morning, clothe us with joy, God. May your joy <clears throat> radiate from us. Clothe us with joy, God, that when people come into our presence, they would feel your joy. Thank you, God, that you remove all the wailing, God. You turn it into dancing. Everything that's weighing me down, things that steal my joy, God, you turn those things around so that I can be filled with your joy. The last one we're going to do is praying together for friends, family, maybe your children that are far away from God. And, uh, you know, many times we come in agreement with just those things that we said earlier, what the world says around us, what culture says, oh, that one will never, ever come to Jesus. And maybe that's come out of your mouth. Um, but the, there's two scriptures that you can take and you can pray it over those family members, people you love. The one is Ezekiel 36 verse 26, that I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You could also come in agreement with this if you have a relationship that is just not doing well. Maybe your heart or the other person's heart isn't soft anymore, and you can use that scripture to pray. And then Psalms 18, verse 16 to 19. This is an awesome scripture to agree with. He reached down from high above and took hold of me. He pulled me out of the raging water. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me because they were too strong for me. On the day when I faced disaster, they confronted me. The Lord came to my defense. He brought me out to a wide open place. He rescued me because he was pleased with me. Just speaking God's rescue over them. So let's just, you by yourself, just take those two scriptures and come in agreement for someone else's life or for your own heart or your relationship. Lord, this morning we just come and we speak Ezekiel 36, verse 26, and say, Lord, over every hard heart that you would come and make it soft again. People that have hardened their hearts towards you, God, we pray that your spirit will come within them and give them a soft new heart. In relationships, where relationships are broken down between family members, husbands and wives, God, I pray that you give each of them a soft heart. 
God, we pray for people in our families, our friends who do not know you yet. God, I pray that you would reach down into their lives and that you will take a hold of them. We speak that over them. And God, I pray that you put a guard over our mouths that we won't say, oh, that person will never, will never serve Jesus. This relationship will never change. My husband will never change. My wife will never change. God, I pray that your, your spirit will put a guard over our mouths. And when those things want to come out, God, that you would remind us that we are agreeing with the word around, world around us and not with your word. I want to give a moment now, if you want to come before God and just repent, because you realize that you have actually agreed with culture, tradition, with your own reasoning and your feelings and not with God's word. Just to take a moment to say, God, today I come to you and I want to repent of agreeing with these things and not with your word. And it's just a simple moment of saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry that I have allowed these things to have final authority in my life. And maybe it's not in your whole life. Maybe it's just in a specific area that you've realized, man, I've really started believing my feelings. And I need to align myself again with God's word. So let's take a moment and just in front of God, just you and God, say, Lord, I'm sorry. And today I choose to come in agreement with your word over my life. And you can add a specific situation, specific area in there. Lord, we accept that your word has power. It's the final authority. And we come in alignment and in agreement with your word today. Lord, we believe what you say. We repent today, and that simply means to change our minds. You're walking to the left, now you're walking to the right. Thank you, Lord, that you would come show us even more areas where we are not in agreement with your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are faithful, that you would speak to each and every one of us. And Lord, today we say that we, that your word has final say, and that we choose today to agree with your word. Thank you, Lord, that you will breathe life into our prayer lives. Thank you for a start of something new. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.